Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. And as always, thank you for believing in me. It means the world to me. It's because of you that this uh, podcast has been so successful. And I appreciate you more than you know. I'd love to give a shout out to my sponsors, Maury Nutrition. Um, they have a, a drink called Calm. It's the official drink of the Belief Cast now. Uh, Wasatch Recovery Treatment Center. Um, Thread Wallets, and Siegfried and Jensen. Again, guys, thanks for supporting me and making this all possible. And really what makes this as amazing is the guests that I have on my show. We have amazing people who have been through some amazing things and overcome some horrible things and now are doing great things. And today's going to be no different. Today, we are joined by Jake Bodine, the founder and CEO of God Behind Bars. Thank you, Jake, for being here. Yeah, no, it's an honor. It's an honor to be a guest. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know how I got introduced to you, Jake. Um, someone sent me a link to this uh, video of the song "Open Your Eyes of My Heart," mm. and uh, it showed a bunch of these inmates who are on death row. They're they're singing in prison, and they look like the happiest people in the world. And the feeling I got from watching that—I mean, it brought tears. I mean, I'm tearing up just thinking about it. And then the other thing is someone sent me Ty Bateman's story, who he was the kid who tried to hang himself and was he was he was gone and someone luckily found him and he came back to life and he was really mad that he lived. And then he got thrown back into prison and there was a, a guy he met there named Trivi who uh, was doing a prayer circle on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And he said that prayer circle on forgiveness changed his life, like softened his heart and so anyway, I mean, and that's that's just a few couple things. I know you're doing, you have many of those stories, but truly inspiring, and we get to talk to you today. So that's how I got introduced to you in the first place. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for having <laughs> me. And it's been a, it's been an awesome, awesome ride. We've been doing this for about 16 years now. Wow. Uh, and what started as just a, a young punk kid in college uh, who had two close friends that were uh, struggled with a drug addiction. And I really just wanted to figure out how I could resource them to change their life. Uh, God used to turn into an international uh, ministry where we're impacting millions of people uh, every single year. Uh, Guys just like Ty um, that are honestly, uh, a lot of them kind of, um, I guess, caught up in a cycle, uh, whether it be of addiction or just their their socioeconomic class and, and circumstances that uh, that provides uh, just normal people uh, yeah. really at the end of the day that uh, ha- have been dealt a bad hand and not discrediting any any kind of responsibility sure. uh, off of these guys and, and what they've done uh, with their actions. But what we've found is it's just it's people clinging on to hope uh, that need a little bit of a, a boost and uh, a second chance, someone to take a shot on them. Uh, yeah. And our heart is to introduce them to, to Jesus and connect them to the local church all across the world uh, to ensure that they they are 
uh, successful upon their return into society. And so wow. uh, it's been amazing. Um, yeah. those, those videos that, that, uh, you were describing, those are the scenes that I get to see every single day. And our yeah. team does, uh, an amazing job of just capturing really the work that God is doing, uh, behind prison, prison walls and being able to share that with the world. And so, uh, yeah, it's real, it's raw. Uh, but the mm-hmm. impact is absolutely amazing. Yeah, the, you 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 were said it's the most unchurched population in the U.S., and I know that that's why you're doing this. But let's before we get into that, and I, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I want to get to people to know you a little bit more, Jake. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, and maybe maybe where you grew up, and a little bit about your family life. Yeah, what's funny is I I uh, grew up in a middle class home. Uh, my father is a pastor; has been a pastor my entire life. Uh, lead has led churches uh, since I've been born, okay. uh, and I really didn't have any desire to go into ministry whatsoever. I've kind of always been entrepreneurial, uh, even from the standpoint of where our, my dad, when we turned 16, it was kind of a requirement that uh, we all get a job and start contributing uh, to our different bills and things. And I talked him into, uh, uh, well, I, I'll just say this. I went and I worked at a retail store for about 24 hours and realized that I was not cut out uh, right. to, to be an employee of a big corporation like that. And so I talked him into giving me $2,500 so I could start a detail rig. Uh, and okay. I started detailing cars on the weekend uh, ever since wow. I was 16 years old. And then uh, I played football. Uh, I was pretty decent at that. Uh, I moved down to Southern California and started attending a college uh, out here and playing football at that college. And uh, during that time, I was going to school for business. I, I really didn't have any desire to go into ministry, uh, but I, I had shown up to a church that was uh, local to the area. And the pastor of that church uh, was interviewing, at that time, President Obama and Senator McCain on mm-hmm. uh, their faith due, during the 2008 uh, presidential election. And I went, it was called the Civil Forum, I went and attended that uh, interview, and that's kind of where God uh, really begin to kind of stir in my heart that I wanted to have uh, a bigger impact uh, than just being financially successful. Right. And I didn't know what that was going to look like at that time, but I, I just knew that uh, that he was calling me to to be much more uh, than business. And so uh, over a, a couple of month journey, I began kind of really exploring how I could jump in in different, in different ministries and serve uh, until one day, uh, one of my closest friends uh, from high school, his mom had called me and she had asked me, hey, Jake, is there anybody from the church that can go visit Ryan? Uh, he got locked up last night and oh, wow. uh, I started calling around. And uh, at that point in time, uh, our local church, my dad's church did not have a prison ministry. And I think it was a desire of theirs to do it, but uh, they just really didn't know how to get started. And so Uh, As I began to kind of look for resources of what was out there and what was available, I I found that uh, they were pretty scarce. And so uh, during that time, I I felt like, hey, God is calling me to do something in this area. Uh, And I approached uh, my father's church about being our first partner and taking a chance uh, on me and on the vision that God had given me to to serve this population of people. And uh, they said yes. And on Christmas Eve 2009, we launched a full-blown church plant of uh, their church inside of a prison campus. Big IMAX theater experience, uh, (laughs) anything and everything that you would feel as you walked onto their local church campus, uh, we tried to replicate inside the prison. Uh, And I I didn't know if one person was going to show up uh, or or 300, uh, but 
literally, uh, we, we start announcing it out to the facility. This is a women's prison. It's called Florence McClure Correctional Institution. Uh, and the doors where I'm talking, the yard was just lined up with people uh, to the point that we hit the capacity of the room. Uh, and right after yeah. the launch of the first service, uh, we immediately had to go to two services to be able to uh, to to reach those that wanted to attend the service. And so God kind of kicked it off with a bang. And then uh, as, as word gotten out, um, different churches started calling. Uh, and at that point in time, I was just a one-man show. I was really just kind of giving advice. Uh, and then uh, as as our organization began developing, we we really turned into kind of that premier prison ministry for the Capital C Church uh, here in the United States and started launching these campuses all across the country. And right now, I believe that we just launched uh, our 70th church plant wow. uh, behind prison walls, partnering with churches just like Central uh, and other local churches uh, to where we have the opportunity to connect these inmates to Jesus and the hope of Jesus, uh, but really resource them with the local church. So they're building relationships uh, with individuals before they ever uh, get out. And uh, sorry, are you still there? Yep. Can you see me? I'm so sorry. I had a technical glitch there for a second, but oh, you're good. Uh, yeah, before they ever get out, that they have uh, a church that they can call home. Uh, our goal is to get their family members plugged in to that local church to really bridge the gap uh, between prison and freedom. About 94% of all uh, incarcerated individuals will be released back into the community one day. Right. And, uh, it's expected that 75% of them will return uh, within the wow. first three years of their release. And that's just due to the lack of resources uh, really that they have uh, in order to be successful. And so uh, we've kind of built this holistic uh, life transformational strategy, if you will, that allows them uh, not only uh, to begin a relationship with God, but really take care of a lot of the physical needs that they have uh, as they reenter society uh, and ensure that they, they're successful upon their release and in their new beginning uh, ensuring that they stay out of prison for good. So, wow, it's impressive, man. It really is. And, you know, the impact you're having and how it's growing too. I want to, I want to step back a little bit and correct me if I'm wrong, but after you quit football, you, I think you, you, you actually got on your knees to pray and you challenged God because you were, you were struggling. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. in that moment of my life where you feel purposeless. I'm watching yeah. everybody around me do big things. Uh, what had been my purpose and my platform for a very long time playing football. Uh, I was falling out of love with that. Uh, and I was just kind of in a season of drought, if you will, uh, to where I just felt, uh, like what God, what is it that I'm supposed to do next with my life? And I want to have a bigger impact than all of this, uh, that I'm focused on right now. And it was in that season of seeking and praying uh, and like you said, challenging God uh, to show up and telling him that no matter what he calls me to, that that I'm available. It was kind of uh, my Isaiah moment, if you will, uh, yeah. where I was saying, like, use me. I'm, I, I want to be called. Uh, use me. But I need you to show me uh, my steps. And uh, so I just began challenging God. And it was probably a two to four week period of time to where I was wrestling uh, with him. Uh, and I was actually, I was reading a book. I forget the name of the book actually now, but uh, there's this guy and he's standing in the forest and it's foggy, it's dark. Uh, he's walking with his horse and he can't see anything in front of him and he's, and he's fearful. 
uh, and he doesn't know the directions to what he was supposed to head. And the horse begins to talk to him and the horse asks him the question. He said, can you see your next step? And mm. the man looked back at the horse and he said, yes, I can. He goes, then take that one. And so mm. I just began to basically see one little step in front of me at a time. And I began to take that one until God just began to blow open the doors and really reveal to me what he was, he was calling my life to do and to be, uh, here on earth. So. Wow. That's incredible. You know, it's amazing when you, uh, humble yourself to that point where, you know what, God, what do you want me to do? It's that that surrender piece. And I heard once one of the best definition of surrender is to come over to the winning side. Yes. Yeah. Right. Definitely. I definitely would like to be on the, and I know which side is the winning side. And yeah. so, and, yeah. I, and I've, I've lived on both sides, to be honest with you throughout yeah. my life. And so, uh, knowing the emptiness that even that I've felt, uh, in the seasons that I'm disconnected from, from his plan, uh, and ultimately his purposes, like I know the difference of being on the winning side. And so I would encourage anybody that's thinking of that right now, or even floundering, uh, in their own life of, is God real? Is he for me? Uh, I, I would, I would encourage you to lean into him and in the moments of struggle, uh, people really do two things. They either run for him or lean into him. And, uh, I know in my, my life in those moments, the more that I lean in, uh, the more that my pathway just becomes clear, uh, and less turmoil, uh, overall. So, Right. You know, I love that. You And you're right. They either run or lean in. And I think, you know, in my population, I work with a lot of people, you know, I'm in a treatment center working with drug addicts and alcoholics and they have yeah. mental health issues. And, you know, I find a common theme a lot. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, where a lot of them have this, they're really, you know, have a kind of a resentment towards God. You know, there's, they just think, man, look at my life. Look at what's happened you know, is there really a God? And they start questioning those kind of things. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Cause I know if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you know, you had a lot of friends, even in your school and stuff who've overdosed of, you know, from opiate addiction and things like that and have died. And you're, you're seeing all this going on. And a lot of times people go, man, where is God? And is God, would God even help me? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I honestly, one, I, I, want to affirm and recognize that there are things that people have gone through uh, to where they can't fully understand. Like if there was a good God, how could this be allowed to happen to me? Uh, and I don't know that we will ever get those answers uh, on this side of heaven in yeah. a lot of uh, different ways. But the one thing I do know is that uh, no matter what you've been through uh, or what you may go through, uh, that there is a God that loves you and that he wants to use whatever pain uh, that has been experienced in your life for purpose. And so I, I know uh, just seeing through my own life, uh, through people that I've had the opportunities to link arms with uh, in ministry, there's one lady, uh, her name is Heather Palacio. She has an amazing suicide, uh, suicidal prevention ministry, and she has battled suicide and depression her entire life. Hmm. And, uh, she's a believer. Uh, she, she loves God with her entire heart. Her husband is a pastor, uh, and he's actually a board member of, uh, of our organization. And she goes through seasons still to where she spirals into a full depression and doesn't fully understand why she battles this. But I think the greatest thing about Heather is that she has embraced her pain and used it for purpose. 
and mm. understands that God gave her this burden for a reason, and it's to bring hope and light in this area of the world to other mm. people who are struggling with the same mm. issues. And so yeah. uh, not always, too, uh, are we freed uh, from those issues, yeah. and she still battles it. Uh, however, uh, she has never lost sight of why she goes through it, uh, and it's to bring that hope uh, and purpose through her pain to other people that are struggling with the same thing. So, wow. uh, and I believe that for all of us, that no yeah. matter what we go through, the challenges that we face, uh, they're for a reason. And so we have the opportunity to be bitter about it uh, or be better with it and use yeah. it for good. And so uh, we, my, I think it comes down to a mindset more than anything is yeah. understanding that, that because of sin, uh, there's sickness in the world and there's bad things that happen to good people. Uh, and we might not fully ever understand that, but embracing it and looking for the beauty in it of how we can use that pain for purpose. Yeah. Beautifully said, Jake. I love that. You know, I'm a huge believer too, that life happens for us. And again, we may not have all the answers. Why do we go through these difficult times? But, you know, I often... I had a mentor tell me this once that, you know, I was diagnosed with some mental health issues and I was, I was a drug addict for 10 years. And it was like, you know, adversity is the wake up call to your greatness. Mm. And I was just like, what are you talking about? You know, and I didn't really understand it in the beginning, but I understand it now. And, you know, you think about, you know, the adversity that you went through that led you to finally finding, like you felt purpose, purposeless, and yet, you, you you wrestled with it, you figured it out, and now look what you're doing. And had you not gone through that, you wouldn't have maybe as much compassion. Um, not that you're not a compassionate man, but you wouldn't have as much maybe towards these inmates who are, you know, locked up and society's kind of put put aside and forgotten. Well, and that's exactly right. Like they're like even playing football, from the time I was a kid, I thought my dream was to go to the league, right? So yeah. uh, I had <laughs> put all my eggs in that basket. And when God was kind of calling me out of that, I was I was really struggling with that because I had already seen this vision of me in the NFL, all of those types of things. And it was kind of like, OK, why do I, I waste my entire life focused on football? And now in the seat that I have today, the different vantage point that I have of my life looking back, it was the relationships that I met uh, with guys that I most likely probably would not have been friends with. Uh, just due to we we were two different life paths uh, if it wasn't for the game of football. And so yeah. some of my closest friends and looking at their socioeconomic status, I went to school with kids that drove a Ferrari to school all the way to kids that didn't know where their next meal was wow. coming from. Wow. And, uh, <clears throat> and playing sports exposed me to a lot of those kids that didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And I got to see their family dynamics and the way that they thought and the way that, that their, their entire culture was and understanding that they're really great people just facing some really tough circumstances. Uh, and so as I begin to uh, learn that just about prison ministry in general, yeah. uh, was looking at them through the lenses of no different than they, they are you or I that have faced some some really bad circumstances in their life. And I'd say the majority. And then, of course, there's a population that. Uh, have done some pretty horrific things. Sure. And uh, I got challenged with that too. In the very beginning of my ministry, uh, there w there was a gentleman I was working with. And when I learned of his crime and what he did, uh, I began to to become disgusted with him. Uh, and as we, uh, every time we'd go in and minister and he would open his mouth, I would 
uh, lose focus of what I was there to do. Mm. Uh, and I wrestled with God with that one too. Cause I was like, yeah. all right, God, I will, I'll reach everybody, but that population of people. <laughs> right. And yeah. it was a question like literally that I've heard, uh, only a few times has this happened to me in my life where you almost hear God speak audibly to you in your mind. And he was like, are you saying that I'm not capable of changing him too? And so I began to, from that point forward, never ask what someone has done. Uh, And the reason why I do that is because I don't want to allow my flesh and my personal uh, limitations uh, and view of those people uh, come between God's view of them and what he is capable of doing. I don't ever want to be a roadblock. Uh, for him. And so uh, and just want to be that conduit uh, to his message, to his hope, to his love, his mercy. Obviously, uh, the consequences of their sin uh, is is his to bear. Uh, and so right. I, I all I do is point them to the cross and know and let them know that there's still a God that loves them in spite of anything and everything that they've done. So wow, great perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know this is a big question and probably a hard question, but I mean, can you, can you share a few of some of the most profound moments you've had with these inmates? I mean, I know that's a big question because you probably have them every single minute of the day, (laughs) but is there a few that stand out to you where you're like, man, God is all powerful. God, God is real. That kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's that undeserving mercy and love and being able to fully see that and the purpose of it. And I think that the best image of this that I can describe is if you guys are familiar with uh, the musical Les Mis, uh, which was a very famous musical that came out uh, a few years ago. And Hugh Jackman is is the uh, starring actor uh, in that musical. And there's a moment to where Hugh Jackman gets out of prison and he's struggling to eat. Uh, He's homeless. He has nowhere to stay. Uh, and there's a clergyman and his wife who take Hugh Jackman in. They feed him dinner. And in the middle of the night, Hugh Jackman robs him of uh, all of his silver and leaves the house. And, and, and the Roman guards, they find Hugh Jackman in the street, homeless, with all of this silver. And they know exactly where it came from. And so they drag him back to the clergyman's house. And they said, did this man steal from you? And the clergyman looked him in the eye and he said, you left too soon. And he starts running through his house and grabbing Mm -hmm. all the rest of his best silver. And he comes out and he gives it to Hugh Jackman uh, and stuffs it in his bag. And it was that undeserving mercy and grace that that man showed that literally caused Hugh Jackman's heart to change completely and become a different man. And so uh, I see that all the time in prisons. People are like, why why do you serve this population? I mean, they've done some pretty horrific things. And yes, they have. Uh, but our goal is that they would never do them again. And so it's the undeserving mercy and grace. It's the uh, going above and beyond and giving them our best, uh, even when people say that uh, they already have just good enough. It's those those types of moments where we have the opportunity to say, hey, we think of you this much. You are worth this much to us that we see more often than not be be the cause and the shift uh, in someone's mind and heart to want to be different uh, and to and to want to change and to have that same love, mercy, and grace towards others uh, in their life. And it starts with themselves. I think a lot of them feel the guilt and the shame of things that they've done yeah, right. uh, in their past. And so it starts with that 
that having that love, that grace, that mercy, even for yourself uh, and be fully ex- accepting that God loves you in spite of anything and everything that you've done. So, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And what a, what a neat experience to have that over and over again and to see that. I think one of the other things you do too, Jake, is you not only, you know, introduce the inmates to Jesus and, you know, connect them with a local church, but you also help them reunite with some family members that maybe they've been estranged from for years. And I've yeah. seen a few of those videos too. And those are so heartwarming, man, to watch that. And how, how has that experience been watching, watching that connection get reunited again? That was hard. Uh, just because the, the kids are involved and the kids yeah. are just a victim in this entire circumstance uh, yeah. and situation that their parent or loved one is facing. And so that one's really difficult as a dad of five. Uh, number one, I can't imagine uh, not seeing my kids uh, yeah. even for a few days, let alone uh, a few years for a lot of these guys. Uh, but more than anything, like we just know the importance of a dad's role in a child's life, any and a mom's role in a child's life, uh, and how we can uh, ultimately bridge the gap that the enemy has wanted to use to destroy families, uh, to restore families. And so, yeah, we do these different family reunification events uh, across the country where we uh, go in and we set up uh, the, for instance, around the Christmas holiday, we call it all is bright. It's like a winter wonderland mm, yeah. uh, experience to where we put on a dinner. Uh, we bring in Santa Claus. There's a shopping mall experience that allows for the parents to go through and pick out toys uh, for their kids. And we wrap them and the dad or mom gets to present them to that child uh, that night with just the different gifts of Christmas. But more than anything, it's the time together uh, and it's rebuilding trust, rebuilding the relationship uh, that that the being incarcerated uh, has severed. And so uh, our heart is to really break uh, that generational curse and cycle of incarceration. Uh, and it's by getting dad or mom involved yeah. in their child's life again, even before they ever are released from prison, uh, especially from a, a man's perspective. I believe yeah. that when a, a father is absent from the home, that the individual is 90% more likely uh, to become incarcerated in their life. Wow. And so oh. we we have a, a huge burden uh, just to get dad uh, involved back in their child's lives and that he can uh, become, number one, someone who's trusted, uh, someone that they look up to again, uh, but two, that he can become an influence uh, in kind of shaping and changing the trajectory of, of yeah. what their most likely path is. And so uh, yeah, the events are amazing. Uh, you, if you, if you're not a crier, I promise you, you will. Be, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, man, I was crying time. big time. <laughs> it, it, it truly is like a prodigal moment, but reversed, right? Like yeah. it's, it isn't the, the, the son coming home to the dad, the dad's coming, uh, back home to the son, but it literally, uh, it breaks you. Uh, but you see the power of love and, uh, you see, uh, what God can do even in the midst of destruction, uh, and changing a lot of uh, the different legacies uh, and, and what these kids are facing uh, at this point in time. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not kidding, man. If you, if you don't think you're a crier, watch one of those and you're going to tear up. I'm telling you, it's so powerful and really everything you do. I mean, if I need a, if I need to pick me up for a day, I just watch one of your little videos, dude, I'm telling you. And I've been sharing, I do a lot of speaking events, Jake. And I, that clip of uh, open your eyes to my heart, Lord, and when, you know when they're singing, I'll I'll play that just to start off my speaking event. And I'm like, do you guys feel what we're feeling right now? I mean, it like sets the tone right off the bat. I'm telling you, if you 
any of those things can bring you up if you're feeling down. Oh, for sure. I mean, and honestly, like if, if you aren't serving uh, in some capacity, it doesn't have to be in prison ministry, yeah. but just in some capacity that is different than your normal every day to day. Like I, I will tell you that you are missing out on a major part of life yeah. uh, because it does. It brings everything in perspective. It, really uh, does, yeah. it allows for us to, to seek understanding versus be understood. Often as humans, right, we're naturally selfish. We want everyone to understand our problems, our issues. Uh, but when we start serving and and seeing other people's problems and issues, uh, the perspective of ours become a lot smaller. And right. so uh, I would say uh, get involved in some form or fashion uh, with a, a ministry or an outreach in your area that where you have the opportunity to serve someone uh, that may be facing different circumstances than you. Yeah, definitely. You know, I had a client once, Jake, uh, in treatment. I was going around the room, the group room, we were in a process and I said, Hey, just what, share something that's on your heart. And this guy stands up and I put it to my memory because I didn't want to forget this. And here's what he said. And he's quoting someone else, but he made it his own. He said, um, I tried to find myself, myself I could not see. I mm. tried to find my God. My God eluded me. I tried to find my brother. I found all three. And I thought, man, there it is, dude. That that is where it's at. And just like what you're saying, if 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 you're not serving in some capacity, you truly are missing out. And I think that's where the magic is. I think that's where our hearts change. They soften. We we look at the world differently. We can see it in a much better light when we do things like that. And that's like when I see someone like you who's out there doing this good, it's like, you know what, there is good in the world and there is God does love us and there is a lot of good that is being formed because of God, you know? Yeah, no. And I, and I think that too, just even in, in the Western world, uh, I'm actually writing a book on this topic right now, but oh, nice. is that we have, uh, we've become so focused to our relationship, uh, with God, just being in rows, uh, at church on Sunday. And yeah. the, what Jesus modeled, uh, was, tables, right? That we were mm. supposed to be doing it in circles and with people and in relationship uh, and kind of yeah. flipping the script between religion, religion and relationship. Uh, and Jesus, Jesus modeled that uh, at the last supper. Uh, he modeled it uh, many times uh, through, throughout the gospels where he sat and ate uh, with the taxpayers and the sinners yeah. and everyone that the Pharisees described. Right. And so like, I think serving as well as uh, just being in relationship with people that are different than us, that are facing different circumstances than us. It's, it's, it's the gift that God has given each and every one of us to shape each other. Uh, and like you said, have a, a different view and perspective uh, on, on life and people as a whole. And I, especially in this country where there's so much division right? Uh, to where we want the other side uh, to understand our side. Uh, and we try to do it through, through social media and whatever else, like, uh, it really comes down to relationship and doing it around tables and, and rubbing elbows with people uh, and hearing their per perspective and, and seeking to understand their worldview uh, versus just ours. So, yeah, love it. So besides, you know, you doing service and things like that and, you know, and what you're doing with God behind bars, what do you do, Jake, on a daily basis to kind of help you connect to, to God and, and to stay focused? Do you have like a morning routine that you follow and could you share that with us? Man, I, I don't. I, I'm actually terrible uh, with following any sort of routine whatsoever. Uh, like I, I'm one of those that I think that uh, routine scares me a whole lot. So I like every day to be to be organic. 
I love uh, it. It looks different in every capacity. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, me getting to go inside prisons and see God at work uh, yeah. is one way that I really stay connected. But uh, it, it's being in relationship with people that are going to grow you. Uh, not always being the smartest guy in the room. Uh, surrounding yourself with people uh, who have wisdom and, and have uh, or might be older than you, seen more life than you, yeah. uh, that can help shape you. Obviously, it's it's uh, church, uh, with your family. Um, it's being in the word of God, uh, and studying the word of God, uh, last year, especially that, that was, uh, huge for me. I probably spent four to five hours uh, a day, uh, wow. just studying God's word. In fact, I even went, uh, as far as, uh, not trying to read the new Testament, uh, for a period of time and really understand Jesus from the old Testament, uh, perspective. Well, that's and, a task. And it was, it was, but it was so eye-opening for me of the mm. reason why he needed to come uh, and, and who uh, he is and uh, how loving of a God uh, that he is. And so I think for me, it's it's very organic. I don't think it has to look a certain way. Sure. Uh, I believe that, uh, in fact, the more that you can experience God by just being out in his creation, uh, be talking with him daily through prayer uh, to not mm. only pray when you need him, but uh, in every form, shape, and capacity, being able to talk with him just like he's a friend uh, is really uh, kind of opens your heart and mind to understanding him at a deeper level. Uh, but whatever it looks like for you, just remaining committed and in relationship and tuning back in to him, leaning him on him in every circumstance is, is really, uh, for me, uh, what my relationship with God looks like. So, Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious because a lot of times people say, I got to have a routine, but I love what you said. I like it to be more organic and let it kind of come to me. I think that's beautiful. And it works for yeah, you, think, obviously. And I think there's seasons for the routine, right? Like, sure. I don't, uh, but I think sometimes that we, we can become so routine that our relationship with Him just becomes a practice. It's a box that we check. Uh, and we ultimately. Uh, lose sight of of him being unconventional and him being uh, someone that is in everything, uh, not just uh, the different boxes that we check on a daily basis. And so I think that the more that we open ourselves up to that, uh, the more that he's going to expose and reveal about himself to us. So, yeah. Um, just a couple more questions. I know you're on vacation, so thank you so much for doing this. But uh, how how is doing what you're doing now make how does that make you a better dad a better father man uh i'd say it challenges me it challenges me to be the tip of the spear in everything mm -hmm. uh whether okay. it be uh for my wife uh, i'll i'll start there uh that when i want her to love me more i have to go first and love her more mm. uh it's when I want her to honor and serve me more that I have to go first and honor and serve her more, that I'm the tip of the spear. I go first in every area of my life that God has, has created me to be the stronger vessel. And so even in the moments of her or my children's weakness, uh, knowing that I need to stand firm and uh, without hindrance of what God is calling us to do or to lead in that certain uh, circumstance or situation. It, it's knowing that even though the burden is heavy, that that it's an honor that God has placed it on my back and yeah. that I stand in the gap uh, for my entire family. I stand in my, the gap for my kids' futures. I stand in the gap for my wife's future. 
uh, it's really being exposed to that, that the decisions that I make, the little decisions that I make can change and impact the entire trajectory of their life, I think is what uh, serving in this capacity has opened my eyes to. And the responsibility as a man uh, to carry that uh, and to embrace that, that it's not yeah. something that uh, is poor me, that it's it's, it's an honor that God uh, has blessed us men uh, with that responsibility. So, Dang, yeah, well said, well said, Jake. You know, if I, I've got a question, one last question here for you. If there's someone listening to your voice right now, listening to our our episode here, and they're struggling, they're in a dark place, they're not sure what to do with their life, they're just they they're lost. Mm-hmm. What would you tell that one person right now? And I tell them to lean in, stop running. Uh, I think that. Uh, especially us as men, like it's very hard for us to call out when we need help. Uh, start, start surrounding yourself with people that you can trust and that you can ask for help, but lean into God, uh, set anything and everything, uh, that you're going through at the cross, uh, Mm -hmm. let him carry the burden with you. Uh, I think often, uh, we hold all of our burdens really, really tightly. And we want to remain in control. And it's coming to full surrender. It's coming to saying, God, I know that you have this. I don't fully understand. I might not know the future. The outcome might not be my desire, but I'm going to walk in full trust and full surrender that you have this and that you have my best interest in mind. And so fully letting go and surrendering and trusting, I think is is really uh, what I would say to that person. And I say that for, through my own life and my own experiences yeah. of something that I faced just even last year. Uh, and it was when God told me to basically shut up and be still. Like I was trying to lead through this situation and I never fully relinquished control. I was trying to control every outcome. Yeah. And it was when I, when I literally heard from the spirit, shut up and be still and let me take the lead. And that's when everything in my life and in this particular situation began to shift and change was relinquishing that control to God and just trusting that he had uh, my best interest in mind. Wow. Well, that's beautifully said, Jake. I love that. You know, if if someone wants to reach out to you, Jake, and get to know more about you and, and learn more about God Behind Bars, if they want to donate um, to your cause or whatever, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Well, one, I would encourage you to uh, follow our social media accounts. Uh, they're just at God Behind Bars on all social media platforms. Uh, I think the videos that our team posts on those will inspire oh. you. Uh, they will change you uh, in, in beautiful ways, number one. But uh, yeah, if you have an interest in getting involved, you can go to GodBehindBars.com uh, and you can see the different areas of the country that we have uh, ministries set up. We'd love for people to come serve. Obviously, uh, the more resources uh, that we have, the more opportunity that we have to expand this mission and vision uh, that God is doing inside of prisons. And so if you're if you're capable of giving, of course, we would uh, be more than honored and, and appreciative of uh, different donations. But we would love for uh, you to come experience uh, the the work that God is doing uh, behind prison walls as well. And so I'd, I'd encourage you to find a local church in your area uh, that has a God Behind Bars ministry or just even a prison ministry in general uh, and get plugged in and start serving this population. I love it. Well, I you have my word. I'm going to donate to your cause today. I've, I've got the donate page already set up. 
Oh, thank and, you. Because I love what you're doing, Jake, and I will do my best to stay involved. And anything we can do to help you, I want you to know I'm here for you as well. And I'm so grateful that if God allowed us to connect today, I mean, for you to be on here, seriously, it's like, I, I feel like I hit the jackpot. <laughs> I really mean that. And um, you really are an inspiration and you, you're proof of, if you put your mind to it, you listen to the spirit, you listen to God, you surrender, man, a miracles happen. And you're, you're out there making a difference in people who need it more than anyone. Well, thank you, Todd. And I feel the same way about your ministry and just the people that you're serving. And thank you. I, I appreciate you because I know the pain uh, that many of those men and women are facing on a daily basis. And so, um, yeah, thank you for what you do as well. Thank you so much. Well, Jake, um, thanks again for being here. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. I told you this was going to be a great episode. Please go check out God Behind Bars. You will not regret it. And, and he wasn't kidding. If you need a if you need to pick me up, just go watch one of their videos on, on their social media accounts and it will blow your mind and you will for sure follow them. Uh, but reach out to them, donate to their cause. They need help. Um, it would be great to be a part of it. That's the best way to do it. And also find out how you can get involved in the local churches that are doing, uh, th that have one of those ministries in their, in their church. So again, thanks for tuning in. I love you guys. Thanks for believing in me. Thanks to my sponsors. Once again, you guys are the best. And Jake, uh, thanks for taking some time on, uh, out of your vacation. Tell your wife thanks and <laughs> tell her I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Everyone, till next time. I love you. Take care. <laughs>